Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Here we go! Hello and welcome to another episode of Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnison. And I'm glad to be bringing this show to you when we are. We're recording this straight off the, the big victory for the Adelaide 36ers against the South East Melbourne Phoenix as part of the NBL Cup. Plenty to d- dissect in that game. Plenty to dissect out of what had happened leading up to that as well. And plenty to now look forward to as well as there's not much in between time between games during this, this tournament. And of course... We will have all of our regular segments and give you all of the updates on what's happening to do with the Adelaide 36ers in the NBL. I'm Chris Pike, the co-host, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from and the only man, and he's always going to be the, the only man to be involved in every NBL championship the Adelaide 36ers have won, Scott Ninnis, how do we find you this week? Well, unless I win another one, mate, but uh, which we'd be happy about <laughs> as well. Chris. Well, as we've talked about, technically you're still involved in the club, so that counts. (laughs) Chris, can I tell you how happy I am that we decided to do this podcast after the second game rather than after that last game against the Kings because that would have been the most depressing, you know, (laughs) 30, 40 minutes of our life, I think. I mean, that that game was that bad, but... uh, uh, it was it was great to see see the club uh, come back and put on that sort of performance tonight. It was very exciting. Yeah, our timing's perfect. So we'll talk about all of that and we'll have our regular segment. So, of course, we're here thanks to All Star Photos here to start off the show, but we'll bring you the, the Australian Motors Mitsubishi Player of the Week and we'll announce the winner of that prize pack later in the show. We'll have an update on the leaderboard for the, the Premium Wine Tours Player of the Year Award and thanks to Sports Card World, you'll catch up with your old mate Brett Marscott, and I'll also have the Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry. So plenty to get through. Now, Scott, of course, this conversation we're having is all made possible thanks to All-Star Photos. Kelly Barnes was quick to jump on board as one of our great partners here at Sixers Fix when we put out the call at the start of this season to have some help to make this show possible to keep us on the air. And, and, and what a photographer and what a photography business he's had for more than 25 years now. Here in Adelaide, you'll see him in all of the Adelaide 36ers games, but it's the grassroots clubs where he makes his big impact and he, he, he makes it possible to create those lifetime memories for all of the kids playing playing local basketball and also for the clubs to make some money for charity, to do some fundraising. He provides all of those options for the grassroots sporting clubs. Over, he's helped raise over $10,000 in the, in the past couple of years and all of your basketball photography needs, whether it is those portrait shots, the team shots, or indeed your action shots, it's Kelly Barnes at All Star Photos that has you covered. Make sure you get in touch with him at info at allstarphotos.com.au or you can see more at allstarphotos.com.au and tell him that you, you heard us talking about him here on, on Sixers Fix. But let's get straight into straight into it. Had we talked after that after that first game of the NBL Cup on Sunday with a 19-point loss to the Sydney Kings on the back of a, I think it was a 15-point loss to the Brisbane Bullets last week and, and a 19-point loss to the Kings only a couple of weeks ago as well. Might have been hard to find some positives. How badly did the 36ers have to bounce back in this game against the Phoenix? Oh, mate, mate tonight was uh, so important for the club 
I, I can't even describe it. I mean, that, that game with the Sydney Kings, there, there were no positives to come out of it. It, it was, uh, you know, that third quarter, you know, everyone has a bad quarter, but, you know, to come out the way they did, and it's not so much the fact they only scored eight points in the third quarter, it's the way they went about it. They did not come out ready to play in that second half. You know, they, you know three of those turnovers they had in this, those first few minutes just so were, were lazy turnovers. They just weren't ready to play. And, and, and then, you know, to go into the fourth quarter and not to put up a whimper was uh, was really alarming. I mean, it was just, you know, like I, I know we spoke about doing the podcast after that game. I, I, I'm not sure what I would have said to you, you know, like, I mean, but, you know, a little bit like we spoke about, uh, you know, with the Brisbane Bullets uh, coming back here two days after the game uh, up there against the 36ers. Yep. You know, this is what was the greatest thing for the 36ers, to get that next game two days later, to have a chance to right those wrongs. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, that's that's done with. I mean, I, yeah, and when I say that, I know it's not done with. There's still some mm-hmm. issues that we have to deal with. But that was a tough win tonight. You know, the, the Phoenix, uh, you know, Mitch Creek, you know, banging in threes, which is probably... Yeah. You know, the scout you have against him to to give that up, but to, to hang on and be able to make the right plays down the stretch and to come out with that win uh, was hugely important. And I think especially so against the Phoenix because when they get Ryan Brockoff into that team, yeah, you know, he he's a game changer for them. He's going to win some games by himself. Uh, we've now played them three times and we've won two of those games. Uh, that won't be the same for every other team in the NBL now. So, uh, huge win. The Sydney game, the less said about it, the better as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. We won't be spending too much time <laughs> delving back into that one. But, yeah, this game against the Phoenix, it was a, I thought it was a really entertaining game. High-quality game, pretty close in the first half. I thought the 36ers threatened to break away sort of halfway through the second quarter, but the Phoenix kept coming back. But then they did break away in the in the third quarter, and I thought... Josh Giddy and Daniel Johnson were just outstanding. The way they, the, we've talked about the chemistry that Josh has with Isaac Humphreys, but he's now developing that with DJ as well. And, and DJ just didn't look like missing any of the shots he was taking. And, and Josh was playing with great confidence. And then I think early in the, about a minute into the fourth quarter, there was a 17 point ball game and I thought it was all over. But as you said, Mitch Creek then started jacking up the threes. And with a minute to go, it was a one point ball game all of a sudden. And it got pretty, got pretty tight there in the end. And, I thought the worst when that offensive foul call against Josh Giddy happened with 14 seconds to go, but luckily the worst didn't happen and they managed to hold on. Um, it was a pretty eventful evening in the end. Oh, mate, <laughs> whatever way you look at it, you're, you're completely right. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I'm exhausted. I had nothing to do with the game. You know, you, ro- you ride the highs and the lows of that and, uh, um, yeah, it just seemed like, you know, that, I, I feel it was a game that we... We should win, you know, like uh, going into it, regardless of what's happened in the last few weeks. You know, Mitch Creek's a superstar of the competition, but, you know, him having to guard Daniel Johnson, if we, if we go about yeah. our business right and we get our spacing right and we play the game offensively the way we should, which we completely didn't do against the Sydney Kings, yeah, you know, I felt it was always going to be difficult for them. And, and we, we did that tonight. And uh, I, I just think it was, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I'm still struggling to work out what votes to give in that Sydney mm. Kings game, and I'm still struggling to work out what votes to give tonight 
for two completely yeah. different reasons. Which is, which is, you know, but Daniel Johnson is a, is a star. Like, I mean, yeah, your seven footers don't, he just makes, you're surprised if he misses. I mean, it's, yep. it's getting to that point now where the ball just needs to run through him. And I, and I know we all talk about Josh Giddy. And we all talk about Isaac Humphreys because they've been incredible stars and so great to see them in 36 of colours. But Daniel Johnson is is the barometer of this team. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's he's if he's not the best player in the competition, you know, apart from the, the last game, you know, like, you talk about consistency, it, it's 20 yeah. and 10 every game. For ten years, he's basically done it for ten for years. For ten years, you know? yeah. So it's, uh, and and uh, yeah, look, it's like, I, look, I, mate, I'm on a high. I'm really excited about what mm. I saw tonight, and uh, like I said, against a team that's that's going to win some games, especially when they had broke off to the to their team. But uh, no, really pleased with Connor and the team tonight. There were some pivotal moments too when the Phoenix had all the momentum halfway through that fourth quarter, and then. Cam Glidden got a foul call on a three-point shot, and and I think at that point it would have made it a... Let me just check. It would have made it... If he made all those foul shots, it would have made it a two-point game at that point. But Connor Henry backed in Tony Crocker, who said he didn't foul him, and he made the coach's call. So they've introduced this coach's call where one the coach can challenge challenge one of the calls during the game, and it ended up going in the 36ers' favour. And I think that was critical because Crocker would have fouled out if that foul call counted, and also... Glidden probably would have made the, the foul shots. That ended up being pretty important. Mate, can I, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you here. Like, I felt that on the replay that uh, uh, it looked like that he got him on the elbow. After after yep. the release yep. of the shot, I'm not sure what the rules are. To overturn that was huge for the 36ers. The other thing, and to been being completely honest... Yeah, that would have Crocker would have been out of the game, and at that stage, yeah. I, I I actually liked the fact that w- when Kendall was on the floor, having that extra ball handler, and I, I know mm-hmm. I know he threw up his customary air ball and had a couple <laughs> other things, but I I I, I felt more comfortable with him on the floor tonight than Crocker. Yeah. But to Crocker's credit, you know he came stayed on the floor. And uh, you know he he did well. He was really important for us down the stretch. I, I think he's. I get nervous when he's guarding a jump shooter. I think I'd rather see him guarding a guy that's more of a penetrator because uh, we, we've yeah. seen it in games. You know, against the Kings, does, it is a habit now for him to foul the jump shooter. Well, he did it twice a night, and I mean that's yeah. you know like a you know it's like I've had former coaches say that's the worst playing basketball to, to foul a three-point yep. shooter you do it twice in one game I just I like him as guarding a penetrator I think he he can lose sight of uh you know shooters come off screen we've seen it with the Siljevic from uh Sydney yep. and, and yep. Glidden tonight but uh hey all credit credit was credit due I thought he uh you know the fact he stayed in the game tonight you know <laughs> maybe fortunately uh, he helped us get it, get that win. Now, what went through your mind when 14 seconds to go, the 36ers inbounded the ball and the offensive foul call went against Josh Giddy? What went through your mind then? Mate, I, yeah, I've never been a big fan of referees when I was playing the game myself. <laughs> um, and uh, I've had this discussion with referees since I've, since I've stopped playing coaching. I've apologised to him because I was a bit of a whinger myself. But, 
you know, like... You must have had a lot of run-ins with Michael Aylan too over the years. Oh, one or two. <laughs> so, yeah, but, you know, you know, to me, that's, that's... I don't want to say it's a flop, or, but, you know, that, that's... That's an Giddy didn't do a lot wrong there, you know. Like mm. that's that's that could have been a game changer decision. I I love oh, absolutely. I love the players deciding the outcome of games, and I'm not saying that that you know, you know it was probably one of those fifty fifty calls. It maybe it was, or maybe it wasn't. But uh, um, I'm just glad it. I'm just glad we got the win, mate. Let me let me mm. tell you that. But. Uh, once again, I and and I'm not here to bag referees. I, I no. they have the most uh, they have the most difficult job in the game of basketball. You know, every time they blow the whistle, like half the, half the people there are going to think it's a wrong call. Half the people there are going to think it's a right call. So uh, I think they do a fantastic job. And uh, yeah, look, I'm just glad. I look, I yeah, you know, look back at that Sydney game that. Tonight, uh, before the 36ers game, mate, if the Sydney Kings, the amount of times that yeah, you know, the amount of times they complained about every call, if they spent that much effort into playing basketball, they'd never lose a game. I, I just thought they completely <laughs> lost their way tonight. So uh, yeah, you just get on with it and um, you know, see how we go. No, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. Trevor Gleeson's famous for. Famous for writing the referees for whole games. Dean Vickerman, I think, is becoming more and more like that. But if you listen to Connor Henry when he talks to us here on our Ask the Coach segment, it's actually something he's focused on to not engage the referees as much and to make it a focus to talk to them politely, talk to them nicely, and to build up that rapport. It's actually something pretty pretty important. And I think I think this team probably complains less to the referees than any other team in the league as a result of the attitude from the coach. And, and and I'm sure that that helps too, you know. Like when yeah. you see when you see Josh Giddy complain or Isaac Humphreys complain, what well, you know there's probably a legitimate basis for it. When you yeah. when you see Badonovich and uh, mm. you know, some of these guys Sydney complain, well, mate, you're fouling every. You're like, what are you complaining yeah. about? So I look, I, it's once again, I am not the role model to be talking about. <laughs> uh, not complain to referees because I was I wasn't uh, I wasn't good in my playing days, <laughs> and I'm sure there'd be a lot of referees I could line up that would agree with that. But if you're doing that, it's a distraction. So I, I think it's it's yeah, a great yeah. thing to be able to step back. Yeah, look, this course is going to be bad calls. Yeah, like a great basketball shooter, a great shooter misses half of his shots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, like it's not a perfect game. A referee is going to get one or two or three bad calls in an entire game. So uh, I think we're ba- you know we're banging up the wrong tree if we're uh, complaining about referees. Yeah. Do you like the coach's challenge though? Do you like that the coach has that ability to use that once during a game? No, I think it's a pain in the ass, mate. I <laughs> just uh, mm. oh, I like it's you know you watch an NBA game now and it's like the game takes takes hours. No, I don't no. have the time yeah. or the patience to watch all this yeah. crap going on. Yeah, you know, like it's and especially, you know, the you know, the, the, the Phoenix uh you know do that challenge tonight in the fourth quarter was mm. clearly a foul. Like you know, yeah. Creek yeah. clearly fouled him. So you know, referees are human, they make mistakes, but I'm all for speeding the game up and uh you know, going the flow. You know, if if the last quarter takes an hour well, no one wants to see that crap, mate. Like, like you no, just, no. yeah, I I sort of get it, but 
I also, uh, yeah, would just rather see, and, and it's a bit like the way cricket's going now with all the reviews yeah. and that. You know, you, you're taking away, you know, the umpire's scared to make a decision in case he's wrong. You know, like, mm-hmm. let him have, a, have the final word if he's wrong. Well, maybe the, maybe when they do their reviews, that's when he gets, you know, kick up the backside after the game. But I'm not happy with it, mate. I, I'd just rather see him get on with the game, <laughs> let this beautiful game that we have that's fast-flowing, doesn't have a lot of stops, just uh, get through yep. from start to finish. Yeah, I think the the one positive about it is that it, it isn't an extra stoppage in play, so it replaces a timeout. So we're not getting an extra stoppage. That's the one positive. But I I agree, we can probably live without it, and it, it just seemed to pop up from nowhere. All of a sudden, in the first game of the NBL Cup, we found out that the coaches could have a coaches challenge all of a sudden, which is different rules to the rest of the season, which is another another little little peculiar thing. But some of these numbers, Scott, from the from the team from the win against the Phoenix, and this is why the voting for this game is going to be pretty tough. But some really impressive numbers. Daniel Johnson, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 of 16 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, made all 5 of his free throws. Isaac Humphreys, 24 points, 11 rebounds, 2 blocks, 11 of 16 shooting. Josh Giddy, probably his best game, 15 points, 9 assists, 7 rebounds, 2 steals, 3 of 5 from 3-point range to him. And then the other guys chipped in. Tony Crocker, 12 points. Sunday Detch, 8 points. Jack McVeigh, 7 points. Jeremy Kendall, four points. There was a lot to like from watching the game, but also if you go through those numbers, there was a lot to like there too. Mate, absolutely. I mean, to me, after just watching the game and it's very raw, to me, DJ was our best player tonight. I just felt that he, you know, he, mm. he set the game up and uh, he, did what he, you know, he did what he always does. I mean, you know, he is, you know, I, I can't even describe what he can, you know, like, Step back off one foot and shooting you know, jump shots when you're seven mm. foot. I just thought he plays like a two guard, doesn't he? He but does, he's, but he's almost seven foot. And, and I felt he was outstanding. I also felt that uh, Isaac Humphreys was excellent, as you said about Josh yep. Giddy. And and to me, the you know the three votes are amongst those three. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I also Sunday Detch like to me he is. What he does defensively is, and I know, I know, I bang on about it, and I'm, a, I'm a bit of a fan of his, but he can change a game with what he does defensively, Absolutely. and not too many people in the history of this league ever been able to do that. You know, Damian Martin does it. You know, Daniel Me did it. Uh, you know, Simon. Well, Dick, you're in good company. Damian Martin openly says that he's. Sunday is his favourite defender in the league right now too. He, he just doesn't. Well, if he gets beaten, like it, it's still he makes it, it makes everyone work for it. So, and and I thought Jack Mavay's minutes were, were great, yep. and I and I thought Kendall. I I, I was really well, you know, he like, plays the way he plays the way Connor Henry wants his guards to play, which is important. Yeah, and and I just felt comfortable with him on the floor. Now, you know, people are going to disagree with this, and I'm sure we'll see this on all the. All the chat forums and that, and and the fact that he, you know, he he did shoot an air ball and he he missed yeah. a couple other shots, but yeah, I felt comfortable with the ball in his hands and it and it gave us another ball handler. So I I felt I, I felt he was really important uh, over the course of the game in the fourteen or fifteen minutes or whatever it was he played. And uh, I think you know you're t- probably talking four points, three rebounds, and three assists. But it's not always about mm. statistics. I, I I really liked his game. Um, you know, I, I didn't mind seeing Brendan Tees come into the game early either because yeah. I felt that 
you know, that's a steady head. Yeah, yeah. He's not a st- superstar, but I thought Connor got his rotations right tonight. I guess uh, in hindsight, that shows we we had a win. Absolutely. Okay, so what we'll do, we'll have a bit more time to think about our votes for 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 these first two NBL Cup games. We'll release those on social media. But going into the NBL Cup, the leaderboard looked like this for the Premier Wine Tours Player of the Year award. Isaac Humphreys, 18 votes. Daniel Johnson, 17. Josh Giddy on 8. Sunday Detch on, on 7. I think it's, it's, it's pretty clear that it's going to come down to Isaac and DJ and, and the leaderboard shows that. Oh, well, potentially, maybe. You never know. You never know what happens. No. Uh, <laughs> an injury or uh, Josh Giddy getting, mm. getting on a roll. And, uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, the common sense would say that. Look, if I was a betting man, you know, well, I am a betting man. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I, DJ's just done it for so long. I reckon he might get the chocolates at the end of the day. But uh, I think mm. I think the thing with Isaac is, you know, what he does is so spectacular. You know, DJ just yeah. goes about his business and gets it done every night. Um, but yeah, it's 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 enthralling. I, I think, um, you know, I think it'd be really exciting to see what happens at the end of the day. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I think probably unlucky to someone like, yeah, because everything with basketball is so statistically mm. based that someone like Sunday probably doesn't get the credit and maybe when you talk about MVP, MVP votes that he should uh, because, mate, let's face it, defense is half the game. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, what he does up that end is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. So we'll release those in the next 24 hours leading up to the next game, which is only on, on Thursday night. And we'll also release our Play of the Week voting. So you can vote quickly for our Play of the Week out of these first two games as well. And the lucky winner will get a prize pack thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. But now, Scott, it's time for us to pick our winner of the prize pack thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi this week for our Play of the Week award. This prize pack's proving very popular. I know Lauren was able to get her prize pack last week thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. She's very happy with it already, so I hope we can make somebody else very happy now this week. Interesting voting this week. Obviously, Isaac Humphreys and Daniel Johnson were up against one another again after the couple of games against the Brisbane Bullets, and it was Isaac Humphreys that got the nod from our listeners. And from those of you who voted, thanks again for voting. So make sure you do vote every week for your chance to win. Check out our Facebook page at Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis or Instagram or Twitter. Make sure you vote and let us let us know that you voted so we can put you into the draw. And now, Scott, it's time for your favourite part of the week with the drum roll. And then I'll be picking the lucky winner thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. Okay, Scott, here we go. The lucky winner of the prize pack for this week for voting on our Australian Motors Mitsubishi Player of the Week award is David Reid. Well done to David. Thank you for voting, and we'll be in touch to let you know how we can get that prize pack to you thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi. But, Scott, we'll take a deep breath, and when we come back, thanks to Sports Card World, we'll have your chat with the white-haired legend himself, Brett Maher. <laughs> but always entertaining, and, uh, yeah, we'll see what his, uh, his take on the events are.
And welcome back to Sixers Fix. Uh, we're joined today by uh, one of our regulars. Uh, uh, his name's on the court, uh, three-time Olympian, championship uh, player, MVP winner, you know the rest. Uh, Brett Maher, welcome to Sixers Fix. Thanks, Scotty. Thanks for having me. Um, let's talk the Sixers. Uh, it's been a wildly inconsistent uh, couple of weeks. We've seen some of those firsthand, uh, but... Uh, uh, yeah, what have you seen? How how can they fix some of these inconsistencies and, and mental lapses that they go through, in your opinion? Well, their good is really, really good. Like, it's championship material, they're good, but uh, then they have these bad batches that are horrific. So it's really a matter of just extending that um, those good patches longer. Um, I think shortening the rotations. I think if you have Giddy, Humphreys, DJ... Detch, um, they've got the new import and another new import coming in. That's a really good six-man rotation. I think Jack McVeigh as the seventh man in there, shorten it to a seven-man rotation with some of the others just coming in in real bit minutes. I think that gives the players uh, enough time to get in a really good flow and uh, I think you'll see a lot more consistency out of that as well. So six and five, um, you know, at the start of the year, there probably wasn't a lot of the pundits that were giving us much of a chance. Um, you know, forgetting some of those <laughs> particularly poor games we've had, um, would you take to, taken six and five at the start of the year? Well, I think when you look at the other teams as well, like they've been pretty inconsistent as well. It's not just Adelaide. You look at, well, South East Melbourne, who we played just the other night, for example, there wildly up and down as well so yeah I'd take six and five under the circumstances although we have played a, a lot of home games in that 11 games so yeah it's going to be interesting to see uh, now that we've won one in Melbourne I'm really keen to see how we go over the next couple of games uh, hopefully we can consolidate that. Well thankfully as I said to Chris a little bit early on uh, we did this podcast after the second game last night, not after the last game against Sydney, which was just a really, uh, uh, you know, just a terrible game. You know, one of the worst quarters we've seen for a long time. Um, you know, that two-headed monster reared its head again with uh, DJ and Isaac Humphreys. It's uh, it's really exciting to see them in full flight, isn't it? Yeah, it's hard uh, to think how teams can stop that when they're playing well. You've got DJ who can uh is devastating both inside and outside when he's going uh isaac humphreys gee that that dunk he threw down is uh, certainly in contention for dunk of the year that was amazing and he's been so strong at both ends of the floor and yeah when those two are firing it gives us a real chance especially um when you've got those surrounding players like giddy and detch etc um chipping in uh, you know, speaking about our big men's strength, uh, let, let's talk about Pinder for a second. Uh, he's he has is struggling to find his feet and uh, quite often getting in foul trouble. You know, is, is it him just going back to the basics and rebounding and playing defense to try and get himself going? Do you have any any thoughts uh, regarding him? I think at the moment he looks a little bit lost out there at either end. I think giving him a real defined task when he goes out on court, either just to lock someone down and concentrate on that uh, and just concentrate on one or two things specifically at the offensive end and not um, allowing him to just have a free reign. Uh, I think keep a real tight leash on him, give him some really strict direction and I think that will help uh, kind of get a little bit more out of him. Um, yeah, we've we've had a bit to do with the team with the the clinics and the school ca holiday camps we've done. Uh, 
think it'd be fair to say that Sunday's been one of our favourites. Uh, you know, what we haven't had a defender like him. Uh, I don't think since Daniel or me. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's just exciting to watch and uh, just as a, is is a tremendous asset to the team. Yeah, he is, and and not only what he gives on the court, but off the court, he's a very quality person there as well but yeah to be able to lock players down and also uh, he's been fairly consistent at the offensive end shipping in with um, some good assists good points in the games as well but um, to be able to build your defense around someone like him uh, he's a huge asset to the team. Uh, Crocker um, you know there's always focus on imports um, yeah he, he, he seems to get his numbers you know he bobs up he was uh uh, probably a little fortunate last night just to stay in the game. That challenge that was successful for us was a was a huge turning point in the game. It stopped a lot of their momentum. How have you seen you know, his development and where he fits in with the team? Well, I think he's been serviceable. I think a lot of people would like to have an import there that's scoring 20, given off eight assists, etc. But as you said, he's been fairly consistent with around that 12 points. Uh, each night and chips in at the defensive end. He tends to lose his man occasionally, but he, he's serviceable at that end. And um, I think if you've got those other guys firing, DJ, Humphreys, Giddy, then he is a very good complementary player as an import spot. And I'm really keen to see what happens once we get uh, the new import into the team with him. And uh, you just spoke about uh, Josh Giddy. Um, obviously, there's there's huge amounts of hype around him. Uh, had, I thought it was fantastic last night, and and even in the loss to Sydney, you know, he still has seven rebounds and seven assists. So he's still finding a way to get it done, even when he's probably not having a great game. Um, uh, I know we've spoken a little bit about his his jump shot and and some of the things that we maybe could suggest, uh, you know, for him moving forward. But how, how do you see where he's at at the moment? Well, you say that. The last couple of games, he's actually shot pretty well yeah. uh, from behind the three-point line. And that a lot of that comes down to confidence. And you hit hit one or two of your first ones, you build that confidence up. And uh, I've been really happy to see him start hitting from behind the three-point line because then that opens up his drive into the bucket and he's he's so good on both hands around the bucket and finishing and also his vision in, in getting some of the other players involved in the game. We've continually talked about that relationship that he's built with Humphreys and that one-two there. Uh, that continues to build as well. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's a shame, as everyone's saying, we'll only see him for a year here, but I'm really uh, enjoying watching his development still over the course of this season and the little bits and pieces that he's picking up as he's going and, and making his game stronger. Uh, finally, let's talk about the coaching staff, uh, Connor Henry and Jamie Perlman. Uh, gee, they must be uh, <laughs> pulling their hair out at times, uh, you know, searching for that consistency and, and, and trying to make the adjustments because, as you've said, we've had some fantastic wins and we've had some god-awful losses as well. Uh, uh, how do you think they're travelling at the moment? As you said, I think it'll be tough. Uh, with an inconsistent team, it must be uh, <laughs> really tear your hair out material for when they go back and try and analyse what they need to do to turn it around in those bad games. And then when they have those good games, it's going back and going, how can we continue to bring this week in, week out? And uh, it's obviously a challenge. Uh, they're working on it. And I think, as I said, once they get those rotations set, maybe shorten them a little bit, 
um, getting some consistency, they'll uh, they'll be a little bit happier. Yeah, and 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 I made the comment before uh, before we went in, went to Melbourne that I thought the bubble could be good for this team. You know, there seemed to be a group of guys that you know genuinely like each other and get on well. And uh, that win last night uh, certainly, hopefully, uh, there, there's something to work on and and should be a a much happier camp going into the next game. Yeah, release a lot of pressure. That's for sure. To get that first win in the bubble out of the way, then uh, it kind of takes the monkey off the back a bit. DJ had probably been uh, putting a little bit of pressure on himself to have a big game over there, and he did that the other night. So, yeah, I think it's it's looking pretty good for the team, and, uh, yeah, hopefully, as I said, they can build on this and put together um, a couple of wins because with the game so close together, it's a really good opportunity to string a heap of wins together. Well, uh, always a pleasure, Marzi. I think this is the first time we've had a chat without a glass of red wine on our hands, but it is the middle of the day. But uh, might make sense. <laughs> but, uh, thanks for joining us on Sixers Fix, and we will speak to you later. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Okay, back on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and I hope you all enjoyed hearing Scott catch up with Brett Ma. thanks to Sports Card World. Well, Scott, we've decided to have a bit of a change on our show this week. We won't be able to bring you our Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry for this show, but it doesn't mean we won't be bringing it to you this week still. So, obviously, with the little time that we've got between games during the NBL Cup right now, it's a little bit tough to juggle all of this. But what we'll do is we want to get this show out there before the game against Melbourne United, but we also want to make sure we bring you the Ask the Coach segment because we've got a lot of great questions to throw at Connor Henry from our listeners. So what we'll do, we'll release this show now before the game, but then in between the two games this week, we'll release a special show just just featuring the Ask the Coach segment with Connor Henry. So stay tuned for that, and it'll be still brought to you by Sports Card World, of course. We've still got a bit to talk about here, Scott. There's plenty plenty been happening since our last show on Sixers Fix. And one of them is that um, on, on the last show, we talked about, obviously, that Jeremy Kendall had arrived to replace Donald Sloan. But as it's turned out, we now know who the long-term replacement will be, and that's Brandon Paul. We expect him to arrive in Australia probably this week at some stage. It's tough to get a flight. There's not too many flights coming into the country unless you're a returning citizen right now. But we expect him to probably arrive this week sometime. He'll go through two weeks of quarantine. I think logic suggests you probably need at least a week to, to then train and get himself ready to play. So I think we're looking probably after the NBL Cup for him to play. But what do you think of the signing of Brendan Paul? Oh, mate, his, his resume is exciting, obviously, isn't it? It's, uh, you know, mm. if he comes as advertised, he gives that bloke that, uh, you know, can space the floor, hit the three, he's athletic, uh, yeah, pretty much everything we need, but uh, yep. um, it's it's a, such a tricky one. You know, you sort of come in, you go into quarantine. You know, it almost doesn't matter what sort of shape he comes in with. But, you know, what you're going to be able to do for two weeks, and then you're going to acclimatise to the team and get training with them. But uh, yeah, look, everything you talk about would suggest that he's uh, he's the right person with this team. I think. You know, all our, um, you know, like if you're being over, overly critical on our losses, I think we lack speed. You know, we, we, we're not mm-hmm. a, you know, we're, you know, we do have a lack of foot speed at times. Some of our spacing offensively has been poor. You know, he's a guy that can help us out with all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yep. um, but, you know, th- this is a, 
this is the thing. It's such a weird season that, yeah, you know, we just need to win enough games <laughs> along the way. And, mm. and once again, he, he doesn't need to be our saviour. Well, sorry, if no. we're winning enough games, he doesn't need to be our saviour because no. <laughs> we have talent. We have, uh, we've spoke about it. We have the two-headed monster and Daniel Johnson and Isaac Humphreys is, is super exciting. You know, a lot of people didn't think that would work. Now other teams have to plan for that coming to play play with us. Yeah. You know, if, if Brandon Paul can come in and, uh, you know, be that fall on that, provide that outside shooting and, and uh, give us a bit of speed and tempo, along with Josh Giddy and Crocker mm-hmm. and so on and so on, and Sunday, you know, we should be in pretty good shape. But we yeah. can't fall in the hole now over these next couple of weeks. We, we just have to... Keep ahead above board and uh, get ready for the second half of the year. Yeah, totally agree. Okay, now we've seen every team in action in the NBL Cup. We've seen four days of double headers, so we we have a bit of an idea of what what the next three weeks are going to look like. Now that we have seen it in reality, what have you made of the NBL Cup so far? Oh, mate, well, United are still the favourites. I mean, they, they have too much talent not to be, but, gee, it was disappointing to see them lose a the game, wasn't it? And uh, so Landell... <laughs> especially, especially to who they did. Who well, they so, so you see Landell, uh, so you're not going to go undefeated, mate, which was mm. one of the <laughs> stupidest comments of all time. But uh, mm. anyway, but I mean, they're still... Yeah, they're still the team to go through. But, uh, look, Perth... <laughs> I laugh when everyone... And I've said this before... When yeah. everyone talks about Perth, this is the year they're going to make the finals, miss the finals. They never do, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 34 years in a row. And uh, <laughs> you know, what they did tonight and, um, you know, Mooney is, was just mm. sensational. And Bryce Cotton's the best play we've seen in the last decade, I think, at least. And, and well, yeah. I, I had this, we've had this discussion with... Uh, you know, with Marzi and a few of the other mm-hmm. people, like he has another four or five years in this league, maybe not even that long. Well, he might go down mm-hmm. as the best of all time, and you know, yeah, and we and we and I don't say that lightly because we're talking about Andrew Gaze and Leroy Loggins and Mark Davis and Scott Fisher, etc., etc., etc. But that's how good he is. He he has just yep. been outstanding and. You know, the shots that he hits is, is incredible. So I, I still expect them, them to go through. Yeah, after that, it's, it's a bit of a raffle. It's, it's, uh, and, that, mm. and that's why it's important for the 36ers to just keep the head above water because, uh, you know, Illawarra, of, of, uh, you know under Brian Gorgian that they'll play well and, and do what they need to do. Um, but, boy, oh, boy, it's, it's, uh, it's a raffle there at the moment. And... Uh, <laughs> Which is exciting. It's, 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 all, yep. it's awesome. Well, you, it's awesome you, you have no that. idea who's going to win a game going into them. Do Absolutely. You? Um, do you like this tournament, though? What do you think of this so far? Do you like this format? Do you like the? Do you, do you like it? Do you not like it? Are you you're still undecided about it? Oh, I think it's a bit of a wank, mate. Like, I mean, you're not yeah. you're not going into a game thinking about who's going to win a quarter and and a, and a point mm. and all that. But yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is too, like a, a team like. A team like Adelaide, a team like Cairns, a team like Illawarra, they could they could definitely do with winning the money that's involved oh, that, <laughs> as well. But absolutely, but there there'd be no, there wouldn't be any. I'd I'd be very surprised if there's any coach out there that's that's going. Come on, we need to, uh, you know, we need to kick another. You know, 
like quickly score here to win this quarter to get yeah. that point. I mean, that's that's not the way you, you go into a Basel game. You're thinking about the process and, and the win or the loss, which at the end of the day is all that matters. So, uh, mm. oh, I, yeah, oh, it's it's a it's a gimmick. It's it's great that Basel is still able to exist in this current climate. Yeah, we're going over to Melbourne ourselves in a couple of weeks and. Uh, Oh, Going to take in three or four games, so look, I'm excited about it. Look, I, I think uh, you know what Larry Kesselman has done for this league it, yeah, cannot be understated because you know this this our competition was dead and buried, like it was it was done, you know, yeah. and and now it's exciting and people are talking about it and and the quality of players when you talk about you know. Jock Landau and uh, Bryce Cotton and uh, Isaac Humphries and so on and so on. It's and then broke off to look look forward to. Yeah, I mean we have we have players who are NBA quality players playing in this league now, and uh, it, it's it's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And Scott, of course, this preview now of the couple of games upcoming for the Thirty Sixers in the NBA Cup. He's made possible to all-star photos. Once again, Kelly Barnes, thanks to him for his support. Not only does he take photography of the bicycle action, though, but he turns it into some fine art, and he's got a very special Art of the Hoops collection that is available. It's available to be bought in prints. You can you can buy them to be hung up in anywhere in your house. That would make an incredible addition to your home. It would make it look pretty special if you've got that hanging on your wall, whether it's in your in your lounge room, in your office, in your man cave, in your sports room, wherever, wherever in your house. It's a, it would be a fantastic addition. And thanks to Sixers Fix, Kelly is making a special discount available to our listeners. If you just mention Sixers Fix or type in the code at allstarphotos.com.au and go to the Art of the Hoops section, you'll get a special discount just for listening to us here at Sixers Fix. So a big thank you to Kelly Barnes and All Star Photos once again. Not much time to rest, though, for the 36ers. So uh, just the one day in between all the games so far, and that's going to continue. So Thursday night, it's back in action against Melbourne United, and then Saturday night against the New Zealand Breakers. What are you expecting to see out of these two games? Mate, I, I, I love the fact they're playing United. Complete underdogs. You wouldn't even be able to get a yep. bet on them. You know, Melbourne United will be a dollar two to for that win, and I reckon that's great for the 36ers because I, I think that uh, you know, you've had that win... You know, they get their recovery right, and a lot of guys play some big minutes tonight, and that, and that's okay because that's what's happening with every team at the moment. I think that's mm-hmm. that's a perfect team to come in because there's all the pressures on United now. You know, they they you know they come out and and there's an expectation that they're going to win every game, as yeah, as their centre has uh, told us. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I think I I don't mind that as if I'm a 36er because I I think. Yeah, the pressure's off, and I think they have trouble with this. I think, uh, you know, you can talk about, uh, you know, people like Landell, and obviously he's he's a great player. In this league, I think Daniel Johnson is a better player than him. And I, I don't say, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's a better player than Landell, but what he's shown and what Isaac Humphrey's shown, probably statistically, mm-hmm. they've both been better with him. That doesn't, like yep. I said, I expect Leonard to be in the NBA next year. I'm not saying they're better players than him, but, yeah, I, yeah. but I think in this league, there's an understanding from our guys that we're going to be okay with that. And, you know, you still have Golding and, and Ily out, I'm imagining, who were really, so, yeah. really important to that, to that team. 
and they've had guys who've stepped up. But I, I think this is a great time to get them. I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily saying we're going to win. You know, if, I, yeah. if I was having a bet, I'd probably still bet on United. But Oregon's <laughs> a great win. Yeah. And then you get New Zealand after that, who we should beat. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we, we've discussed this, Chris, you and me. What those poor buggers have had to go through is yeah. just at some stage, they're either, you know, they, they can't, they're getting into a crisis point where they're either going to go, okay, we're going to come together and, and get our shit together or we're, mm-hmm. we're just going to, that's, that's the end for us. So, well, oh, well, we know, we know how tough it is and it's got to the point where they've been away from home for, what is it, you know, 10 or 11 weeks now, and there's no end in sight still. And, th- and that's bad enough, but how much tougher is it when you're losing games and not playing well too? I mean, it, it must be a horrible situation for them to be in. Oh, I, I, none of us can even imagine it. Because, once again, yeah. this is a situation that no one's ever been through before. Like, none of us. And, and, mm. none of, and, and even the teams that are going through it now... No one's going through what New Zealand are going through. I, no, I can't. Not. I can't even fathom what they're going through at the moment. And I just, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, I've watched that coaching, you know, that, and, and I've made fun of the coach and, the, and his assistant yeah, yeah. coach before. And, and I said after a home game a couple of weeks ago that I thought it was a bit of a circus because. Yeah, yep, yep. because I've never seen an assistant coach being able to do, get the, get away what he gets away mm. with. But my God, like that is just uh, what they what they've had to do with. I I can't imagine. So once again, if you're the thirty sixers, you got to go in and beat them. You know, like they're yep. they're down, they're struggling. Um, you just got to go and win that game. So that I guess with the United game. Uh, it's a, it's a, you know once again we you know you go in and win you know jag that win and then get the win against New mm. Zealand then all of a sudden you're in really really good shape but as we've seen you could lose by those games as well <laughs> yeah we, we we thought that a couple of weeks ago during that three game winning streak and then things quickly turned around so things can change quickly but but I think you're right I think the Melbourne game is a free hit but yep. the New Zealand game is a, is a must win so that's pretty much how these two games shape up and. And then there's a then there's a bit of a a few days off for them to rest, so they just need to throw everything into these two games, leave nothing in the tank, and on Sunday then you can can rest and and regroup a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a uh, once again, I, I like I like your comment. It's a free hit, which which it is, but it's uh, this is just like nothing we've ever seen before. I mean, there's a player mm. yeah, getting a play every second day. Is you know, Brett and I were talking about it. This is a this would be a dream come true. No training, yeah. you just get yeah. you just get to play, you recover, you do the right thing. Uh, I, I think it's just this. This is twenty years ago for me too, but uh, uh, I just think it's awesome. I just think it's it's, yeah. it's great. You yeah. look after your body. What you don't want is that niggling little injury where you turn your ankle. Yeah. That would normally have you out for a week. Well, that could mean three games at the moment. So yeah. just got to look after yourself. Do the recovery, do the right thing, and um, you know th- this is going to sort out the men from the boys. This, uh, this, uh, hub, th- that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Been a lot of fun doing this show. I'm glad we we timed it how we did, Scott. It's funny how these things work out. It worked out nicely for us. And again, thanks to Australian Motors Mitsubishi for helping us bring this to you. Thanks to Sports Card World for bringing our discussions with Brett Maher and Connor Henry to you. Thanks to All Star Photos for making this possible as well, and also our Player of the Year Award thanks to Premium Wine Tours. 
We'll be back again after these next two games in the NBL Cup, and hopefully we've got a couple more wins to talk about from the 36ers. But until then, I'm Chris Pike, and I'll sign off and, and leave you with the wise words of the one and only Scott Ninnis. I said at the start of the show, Chris, all I can say is thank God that we waited to after this second game <laughs> because after that Kings game, we would have been the, well, I don't know about yourself, but I would have been the grumpiest man in the world. I would have found it really hard to find any positives about that Sydney game. And that's the beautiful thing about basketball because you know, two days later, we're all on a high, we've had a win, and all of a sudden you've got a nose in front again. So uh, look forward to uh, going to bigger and better things.